Don't do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna do what I want. Okay, fine. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 197 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Chaz. I'm Zach. We fucked it up. Good job. <laughs> We, we fucked it up by unfucking it. <laughs> We're supposed to always fuck it up. That was the agreement. I, last week, we both didn't go, so we're going to just play this rock, paper, scissors for the next <laughs> several weeks. It's fine. Yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about Star Trek First Contact uh, because we're doing the next generation um, movies. Uh, before we get into that, I, I wanted to bring this up. So we're streaming in multiple places right now uh only two places because i don't want to pay monthly to have like a million restream uh and twitter apparently is so blurry the audio is terrible i don't know anybody would want to listen to a podcast on twitter uh but we're maybe but we're streaming on youtube and we're streaming on twitch so we're back at the purple area uh just just so that I, I have people over there. So if anybody that pops in and wants to talk about Star Trek, I have the chat up. Uh, because Restream, when you stream to multiple places, anybody that talks in the chat, the, the web browser thing has a chat system. So if someone talks in Twitch, it will show up in that chat. And if someone talks in YouTube, it will show up in that same chat. So I'll know who's talking to us. Uh, but before we get into that, guys, what the hell you've been watching, playing, or doing? I'm gonna go first because the last time I remembered some movies and stuff, but this time I didn't really watch. Well, I watched, I watched a Marvel movie that uh, you know, I didn't pay for, but I snuck in. Uh, so I'm a pirate uh person inside of a theater. I saw The Northman, amazing movie. Saw uh Doctor Strange. I liked it. It was okay. Um, I definitely tell when Disney does stupid shit, uh, but it was an enjoyable movie. Um, I I watched Red Letter Media talk about it half in the bag uh, of Doctor Strange, and I agree with them. I th- it was an enjoyable movie. <laughs> I like how Mike like fucks up the the, the Doctor Strange's uh, love person. He's like, oh, Jessica Alba. He's like, no. He's like, wait a second. Is it uh he just starts naming like white actresses? He's like, man, all these white women look alike. There's <laughs> like no chemistry. Um and I agree with Red Letter Media. I, I think Doctor Strange works well as a side character, not for his own movie. Um that's just me and what Red Letter Media thinks about. Because I, I went out of it, I was like it was a good movie, but it's not going to be memorable. I'm always going to remember the Iron Man's. I'm going to remember the uh, Winter Soldier is like probably one of my favorite Marvel movies out of the all the Captain Americas. Uh, so you're going to remember all the most popular ones. Top, yeah. uh, hot take quickly. Winter Soldier is the best MCU film. It's not even close. I actually agree with you. Yeah, I pretty much can probably agree with that. What? What? It, Quick side tangent, but Winter Soldier, what I really loved about that, because I was big into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the show when it came out, and I that shit blew my mind when the movie happened and the TV had the same event happen. I was like, in my mind, I was like, this is fucking big. 
I've never seen this before. Star Trek has never done it. I mean, they kind of do it with the movies and the TV shows, but that's like far apart. This happened at the same fucking time. The movie came out and then the show happened and they're like, oh shit, fucking Hydra's taking over. They're in the government, bro. And I, I like that. Obviously, Endgame is my second favorite. Oh, wait, wait. No, no. Not Endgame. Infinity War. Part one. Mm. Um, But Doctor Strange was fine. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to... I was mostly digging at it. Uh, I don't have a debate. I'm not going to debate about the Sam Raimi and Disney percentage. I still die, still stand on that hill, and I will die on that hill, but I'm not going to debate on that hill. I'm going to agree to disagree whatever what anybody says. I just don't like what Disney does, and I'm still going to stick by that. Um, the, another thing I watched, uh, Station Eleven. Uh, it's about uh, a, a mega flu, and uh, if you you ever watch Black Mirror, the show. You know, yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Do you know San no. San Junipero? Um, that episode with the two old ladies that go into like a simulation and they become lesbians. Didn't see that one. Uh, it, it, it trust me. Like I describe it that way, it sounds like stupid, but it, I was like, oh, that's a fucking cool ass love story, and it was very eighties and shit. Like they go to like different clubs of the nineties and the eighties and stuff. And the music was great. She's also in uh, Halt, Catch, Fire. Um, that actress. I, I forgot her fucking name. But she's in this show. It's really good. Uh, it's about like a, a group of actors that are in the post-apocalyptic world entertaining people. And people just go nuts <laughs> because it's post-apocalyptic. Uh, also... There was another show that I watched that ended. Oh, Outer Range. That fucking show is weird, and I love it. So, remember when I said, oh, Josh Brolin's in it? So, there's, no. a, there's a hole in the fucking farm um, where if you drop through that hole, you, like, either go to the future or the past. Uh, people want to take that land um, because of how special it is. And apparently... There's a there's two big twists that happened and season finale happened. And gaming wise, I didn't really, I was just testing NHL for uh, the the restream thing because I was testing the quality of it. But that's all. That's all I did. Andy, what about you? Uh, I finished Full Metal Alchemist, so I don't have to talk about that anymore. It was really good. I loved it. Uh, I finished Final Fantasy IX, so I don't have to talk about that anymore. It was really good. I loved it. Oh, oh we're gonna talk about it. Uh, let's see. I played Air Combat on the Polymega. It's a PlayStation One game. Oh God, Air ass. Combat! <laughs> like Air Combat came out before, um, the DualShock controller did. So, like, the first thing I did was try to turn on DualShock so I could use the stick, and the, the controls just all cut right out. So I was like, "Oh, this is pre DualShock." So I'm trying to fly an aircraft with the D pad. <laughs> and uh, I'm still having a blast. That game is so much fun. I love it. <laughs> like I shouldn't, but it's just so cool. It game is it's it's just the right amount of like terrible and great, and it ends up being. I, I, it, it's hard to describe. It's just a very 
very PlayStation kind of experience. Um, uh, having beat Final Fantasy Nine, I moved on to the next game. I started Metal Gear on the MSX today. Not actually on the MSX. I'm playing it on the PlayStation 3, but uh, that game's a lot of fun. I'm just trying to figure out, like, the tricks. Like, there were cameras, and I was like, oh, I'll just I'll move directly under the camera, and it won't see me. No, that shit don't work. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm like just trying to learn the rules right now a little bit, but it is nice. They catch you and they shoot you to death, and you can just like continue, and you're a few rooms back, and it's inconvenient. But you know, I'm learning. I'm learning a little bit. Um, watched a couple of movies. One of them was The Conversation. I love that movie. I'd seen it before. I was just watching it because I wanted to watch it. It uh, Francis Ford Coppola made it right after Godfather Part Two and right before Apocalypse Now, so he's right at the height of his directorial power. And uh, it's a great movie. It's uh, Gene Hackman's in it. I highly recommend it. Unfortunately, it's the kind of movie if you talk about it too much at all, it kind of spoils it. But he's um, he's a snoop. He like uses surveillance equipment to capture people's conversations and like you know. People hire him to do that. It's kind of like a private eye, except it's like technology. The movie came out like two years after Watergate, so everyone was like real into this electronic surveillance kind of nonsense. It's a real interesting movie. And uh, also on Netflix, watch the movie Choose or Die came out this year. It's a horror movie, and it, um, a pair of friends find... It's like an old text-based adventure from the 80s. So it's on the computer. It's like, you're in a room. Do you want to do this or do that? And uh, the stuff in the game starts affecting real life. Uh, it's it's a neat movie. Like I, I think I liked it more than it deserved just because I like 80s computer nonsense. Like It has like the green monitors and people are like talking about 80s culture and, and interesting it. stuff. It's, it's a neat little movie. Oh, the music's really cool too because the music uses like sound from late 80s computers chips and stuff like that uh it's okay it's pretty cool it's above average but it didn't i I wanted more out of it i don't think they did enough with the premise but it kind of alluded that there could be more if they make a sequel i think they could they could nail it down but as as it is it's kind of like a light recommend it's a pretty interesting little movie Uh, i think that's it though did anyone die of dysentery no Oh, that's no, unfortunate. They did die of stab wounds and VHS wounds and gunshot wounds and drownings. And I don't know, it's just a good old fashioned horror movie, man. Oh, and uh, Robert England is in it, kind of. <laughs> he plays himself. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just like, uh, it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, one those, it's one of those things you, when you beat the game, you're supposed to call this line, and it's like, Oh, congratulations! You beat the game. You could put in your number, and we'll send you a prize or some shit. And it's, it's his voice, and he says, "This is Robert England, Hollywood horror fame." And if you've beat the game, put in your code now. And it, it, he's not even actually in in the movie. It's just that that's a plot point is is that it's his voice doing it. It's funny. <laughs> Other than that, anything else? No, that's it. All right, Chaz, you're up. Okay, so I, I also watched Marvel's Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and I, I mean I I thought it was good. Like I liked it. I I think that my approach to watching anything MCU related, because I have another thing that I watched, we'll talk about it's MCU based, but any anything that I watch, I, I take it with a grain of salt and realize that it, they're going to 
take elements from the comics because there's such a wealth of things to choose from and they're going to kind of make or meld their own story and realizing that it's it's almost impossible to compare it um because again it's it can end up being its own unique thing that sometimes they the nods they make the comics are just throwaways which are just kind of disappointing and of course they got to take certain content and water it down which i understand but the thing to remember is not every comic book is a home run they have managed uh, to their defense they have managed to take some story arcs that had good ideas but were otherwise just like total garbage fires uh especially some from the 90s and they have managed to make them into something i guess almost salvageable so to that i give them credit and that's i'd say a lot of that's actually pre uh disney merger but even with that it's still not terrible so that being said if you take that approach it's its own, it's own movie and stuff I liked it. There were definitely some turns I wasn't expecting. It, the movie itself wasn't what I expected. Um, I guess with Spider-Man being what it was, maybe I had a different expectation for how they were going to implement multiversal stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good ride. Uh, as I guess to ask for, I, I know that Zach had seen it. Andy, have you seen the movie yet? No. Okay. I don't know if we wanted to get into spoilers about it or not, or, or leave that alone. That's uh, fine. I mean, I'd be more worried about listeners being upset about spoilers. You guys might record like a now playing about the about it, or but you can you can probably count me out. If I go to the theaters, I'm going to go see The Northman or Everywhere All the Time, whatever the fuck the name of that movie is, or something else is out that I want to see, and I don't know what it was. That's how bad okay. I want to see it, I guess. But yeah, don't don't worry. If you guys want to discuss it here, though, that's fine. We can give a spoiler warning. You guys can get into it. I, yeah, I was just going to yell spoilers, skip skip a minute ahead, but, but uh, well, Dubs, what's your, your thought on that? Or we can drop it. I, it doesn't matter to me. Um, my opinion on the thing is, like, I'm not trying not to get into spoilers, but I don't know. It. Let's go into it, I guess. WandaVision, uh, they totally destroy that show in my opinion on what they do with the the witch and uh doctor strange because she's fighting for fictional sons of what she created into the show so why is she fighting for those children that are fictional is it they're not fictional in those other timelines they're real there, it's not that, and okay, and I'll defend that too, because at the very end of, uh, at the very end of Wandavision, she finds the dark hold. So part of it too is that it's not just that it's her, like her alter ego, almost like a, it's kind of like the Phoenix, uh, force in, in that sense. At least in the MCU version of Scarlet Witch, she has somewhat of an alter ego, and that alter ego has tainted, has been tainted by Darkhold that she had found at the end of Wandavision. So it's kind of like this bridge gap of between that time of that show ending and then when she's found in, in Doctor Strange, she has just lost all grip on reality because she knows that the multiverse exists and that dreams are that gateway to, to that. And she realizes that in other timelines, she does have those those children. Um, I still have, don't get me wrong, it's not without its flaws. I, I thought it was weird that, um, for instance, other versions of herself in that same sense if to their truest self wouldn't also take the same like instinctive defense to their children 
Um, like I thought that toward the end, whenever she was attempting to try to take the, the children of the, the other version of herself from a different universe, that that version didn't just like destroy her. But I guess that was the whole point is that person saw the pain she was in and, and reassured her whatever BS. I feel like that was, that missed the mark. Um, I also thought it was weird that they didn't include vision in it at all because that should in itself should still be something maybe that was tied he should in, be but... he should be in like a separate reality if anything be with the children that are in that separate reality because the the reason she like creates those children and and the family of the show is because of what happens in endgame right yeah, but see, the thing is, he's not an—he's not an individual human being. He is a creation, and technically, he is in that universe. He's the Ultron bots that are that are walking around because the Ultron program is what meshed with um, Jarvis. That's how, that's how Vision became a thing in that universe. So it, it would make sense that yeah, but you know how Hollywood is you know how Hollywood is lame where they're just like, hey, he used to be like a robot and like an alien kind of thing, but guess what? In a multi universe, he's like a human, like with the same personality. Like I guess, but, but they didn't do that. Yeah. But they didn't do it. So it's yeah. a good thing, right? They didn't go the bullshit route. I would have been more mad if he would have showed up and been a human and be like, wait, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, you can't just alter life at that point. Like. I, I want to see the fucking tricks rabbit having kids and he's a human, right? Like mm. that, that just goes way down a Rick and Morty rabbit hole. But uh, the other spoilers, which I thought were actually really funny. So in the, in the separate universe, they have the Illuminati uh, yeah. teaser and within that, that group of people, they bring back black bolt, which is funny because the whole, that showed the human show just died. And um, they had the other version of captain Marvel you had uh, John Krasinski playing Mr. Fantastic, which was really cool. Yes. And then... I want yeah, that. I, Make that a fucking movie. Which is even better because there was all that that uh, that uh, hearsay before about him playing that role and originally being... You know, he was originally thought of, uh, or looked to be uh, put in the role for Captain America way back when. But uh, nevertheless, that's that kind of ties into, you know, eventually when they do... Uh, uh, a Fantastic Four reboot under MCU. Are they actually going to use him and how that, that's possible? Um, and then, of course, Patrick Stewart reprising the role as Professor X in the, like, the nod to, like, the 90s. He has that big, like, gawky yellow hover wheelchair. Yeah. yeah, the hover chair. They had the 90s theme for the, the TV show. They didn't even, like, acknowledge the, the, the stuff that happened already. They just went right back to, no, here's the 90s theme. Um, and within minutes all that's ripped away because scarlet witch turns into a, a giant like nightmare monster and just rips everyone apart which i thought was i was laughing which i had to she stop doesn't actually turn into a giant monster she just murders everybody yeah she just uh, I, I thought he meant she like liter- literally turns into like no i, I saw a the hero monster or something. i was like no <laughs> no, no, no. no she was like oh, i'm gonna see this movie it's a badass no, I mean, she just turned into, like, it, I think you described it earlier. We discussed it briefly, Zach, before I had to, like, tune everyone out. You mentioned how, like, the movie turns into this weird, like, like intense horror film. It turns into a horror film for, like, 15 minutes. It does. That's in, Sam Raimi. best way. That's Sam Raimi. Yeah. All that right there, Sam Raimi. Yeah. No, you can tell. I know we're not gonna, we don't need to go in percent. I yeah. can tell this was filmed by Sam Raimi and that's all that's needed. Like it has all the classic nods, his, his car, his, the first car he owned is in it, just like it is in every movie he's ever made. Mm. Like Bruce Campbell is in it for uh, 
a good ex- a period of time. This is cameo and like his his takes, uh, even like his transitions from scenes are are there. Like it's it's a Sam Raimi film, but it's also an MCU Marvel film. No different than how the Avengers films have had like light touches of Joss Whedon humor in them, but then also are totally not a Joss Whedon film too. Like. I don't yeah. know, or, here's I, it, it's so different here uh, here's my point of view and i'll only touch upon this sam raimi directed it i'm not saying he was like i'm gonna go direct on tuesday disney's gonna do on wednesday i'm gonna come back and do thursday i have a feeling he did a movie sam raimi's like i did it here's the movie disney and disney's like but wait you forgot and you know list all the woke stuff you forgot to put this in there okay i'll just Put that over here and i'll put it over here and i'll put it over here and i'm just like just leave it alone let let directors do their thing disney disney needs to stop being like we need to cater to a certain identity just let them create it and if people identify with the person whether it be america chavez which that's a whole different story as far as a 12-issue lady that they just wanted to put into this movie. Uh, if anything, if you wanted to build this Chavez person, that's what Disney Plus is supposed to be, in my opinion. Is you put that character over there, if people are watching that show, then you could slowly bring people into the movie. But like when, when you, have direct, you, you bring in these directors like Sam Raimi or Joss Whedon or... I don't know. I'm just throwing another person. Maybe they'll bring like Christopher Nolan at some point where just like the audio is all fucked up. And then just maybe that that's what Disney will get right is like, fuck you, Nolan. You, you don't know how to mix audio. We'll do that for you. But your visuals and shit, love it. But like, I don't know. I could totally with the whole Fantastic Four, the last movie, part of the movie was great. But then I know when the fucking Fox came in and said, fuck you, we're going to we're going to refilm this area so that we could put our, you know, narrative or agenda and what we think an action movie is all about. And I'm like, just fucking let them create their shit. I, I understand. And that's another thing that I kind of like about DC, even though they tried to do the Avengers round is like they tried to make this whole universe thing. DC can't do a universe. They, they have to do, like, these single movies where it's, like, Batman, where we have, like, 20 different versions of Batman. Probably we're going to have, like, 20 different versions of Wonder Woman at some point. They do really well like that. But, like, Disney, they have to have this whole universe. But I don't know. That, that's just me. And a lot of people see my views as maybe political, maybe being nazi or sexist and all that stuff i don't really care i just won't give my money (laughs) then that's what i've been doing i don't own disney plus i just take it from my brother sometimes because he's a disney fan um and then you know obviously i sneak into movie theaters (laughs) oh that's right i forgot yeah you didn't pay for it you don't even get an opinion why are you telling us what you think you didn't pay (laughs) (laughs) that's why i said like i i'm very biased when it comes to that stuff I mean, I'm not going to be like a, a, a Zach where he knows literally everything about the character and stuff, and it makes sense. Me, I'm kind of like, Doctor Strange, woo. <laughs> I don't know everything about Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> plenty, there's plenty that's missing from it, but uh, 
I, I do think that one of the weaker points of the film is America Chavez, just because there's not really much character development. It's very superficial. She has that very inconsequential uh, like point in the movie. She has a very specific ability that is a plot device, but you could give that to literally any other thing that is existing in that film, and it would serve the same purpose, if not more, because they don't do a good job of building her character. Mm. Uh, again, it, she would have benefited from, oh, there is something on Disney Plus, or, or there's a series about her. Versus this introducing her and not really doing much there. But um, overall, I, I thought the movie was was good. Um, definitely would recommend it. I mean, again, it's it's not in the top films that you're going to watch the MCU. And it, I'm curious to see what they end up doing now with some of the other stuff. But um, compared to the, the movie I watched previously, which was Eternals, this is far and above uh, better. That movie was that movie was rough to get through. Eternals. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Eternals was not was was something else. Um, middle tier, middle. I wouldn't even put yeah, Eternals uh, middle tier. I'd put fucking that low. No, shit. no, I'm not oh. talking about Eternals. I'm talking about Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, I agree. Oh no, yeah, Eternals is probably the worst movie they've made. I arguably toward Dark World, like it's between those two. But um, oh, God, you dear. all saw the Eternals? No, I haven't yet. Okay. I I, I haven't uh, said anything about the movie. I, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I also watched uh, Moon Knight, which I thought was interesting. Um, again, I think we talked before about this, and I was hesitant to watch it. I mean, another reason I was waiting on my wife to finally sit down and watch it with me, but um, but the I heard it gets better. Yeah, it it's a rough start because I feel like they, they I don't know, they're the way they're trying to deliver the the information, like the lore behind everything it just takes so long to finally get it out but once it's there it gets really good like the latter half of the the season is really strong and uh they really handle um the um dissociative personality disorder or multiple personality whichever Mm -hmm. is the lay term they handle that really well um i I thought that i I appreciated how that that was handled um i feel like for the most part they're, they're fairly true to the comics but it's weird it was definitely one of those things where you had to wait for that payoff but once it got there the latter half was strong it was hard to watch the first few episodes. I was like, where's this going? I think it um, needs a second season so that it finally could be people would want it. Because right now, I think the only reason why people watch is because of Oscar Isaac. Um, and if he wasn't in there, um, mm-hmm. I don't think the show would be doing well. My I mean, holy shit. That guy acts his ass off in that mm. that show. Like, like to be able to do that and, and cover two... I mean, actually multiple, but we'll get to that, but at least two very completely different characters. Um, I mean, 10 points of like their cadence, their accent, everything like it, it's really good. Uh, the, uh, and they, they did set up, they confirmed it is set for a second season. Um, they, it is loaded with, with cliffhangers uh, to set for a second season. Mm. Um, I'm also a sucker for mythology based stuff. I mean, I, I knew going into it, it was not going to, it was still going to tie in and hold the heart to that. It's not nearly as dark as the comics, but that's probably for the best. Honestly, that if you go back and read the, the Moon Knight comics, probably didn't age well. Like they're, they're pretty rough. I like um, it. <laughs> uh, and some of the rebooted stuff they've done is okay. But, uh, but I mean, I think what they're, what they're working with is, is fine. So yeah. again, it, it's all right. Uh, it's again, it's not blow away, but it, it was, it was fun to watch. Um, other things that I'd done, I feel like I didn't really do much of anything else. Those, those were the main things. Um, yeah, I 
actually, yeah, I don't even think I had any chance to even play any video games. I haven't really done much of anything. Oh, no, I had, a, I, I think I piddled around a little bit on Elden Ring, and then I was like, shit, I don't want to do this again. Like, I didn't have it in me to commit. I was, like, just goofing off, and I was going to start, and I was like, oh, man, this game is way too big. And I, like, got to the, the opening area after the tutorial, and I saw the big fucker out in the front that's, like, the Guardian uh, on the horse, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this again. I'll come back to you later when I've forgotten. Um, again, it's not that it's not good. It's fantastic, but it's just way too early for me to, to revisit that, all the trauma. That was like me with Witcher 3. I was like, oh, this is fun. I like it. It's cool. It's got, wow, there's so much to do. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> that's what happens. You play a game that's got 100 hours of commitment to it, and then mm. you're like, oh, I, I, we're going to come back to you a little later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I got. All right. Zach, you're up. So, I... I've been forgetting to mention these two things. Uh, last couple episodes, I've been watching uh, Book of Boba Fett, and I finished it, and it was good. Uh, I thought some people didn't like it. Uh, I want to say those people didn't like it because there wasn't a bunch of incessant babbling and talking all the time for a lot of those episodes. It was more visual. It was more, and let's not forget that this film and, and shit and TV is is a visual medium. Like you don't need to. I th- I think we've moved past just shot reverse shot dialogue 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 on TV shows. We 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 moved well past that. Mm-mm. And some people, I think in movies, especially like modern movies and stuff, and some TV shows, they it's like they're used to people talking a lot constantly. They don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and just something like go oh, Boba Fett's fucked up and the sand people get get him and they like at first he's their prisoner and then they like he like kind of earns their respect and shit and he basically is recovering from all his injuries from being in like the Sarlacc pit shit and ba- barely surviving that it explains how he survived all the shit um, and it's kind of like he's sort of like learning their their customs and their ways while he's like recovering you could say it's like a dances with wolves kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of cool it was cool to see that like <clears throat> there's been like some star wars stuff before that dealt with like the the tuscans the sand people like i think the most notable one was like kotor when you go to like tattooing and you can like talk to them and you make a deal with them and stuff, and you go kill a crate dragon and all that shit for them. Uh, I think that's the most in depth anything ever went with it, though. Uh, before, there was a, there was a series of comics um, back when there was just a Star Wars series from Dark Horse. And this was like during the prequel days. Yeah, there was a series where there uh, was a, a Jedi who came from the Tuscans, and he's got like this big elaborate backstory. Well, no, there's there's a there's a Tuscan Jedi. No, I think it was a Jedi went to live with the Tuscans. Like he got disillusioned with the way the society was, and then he has a son, and his son is force sensitive. It's about his training. And it's a really good story. It's a whole comic, and he's got a whole long character arc, and he he grows up. And uh, I I don't I don't remember what happens with that because I stopped reading the comics, but I remember they explain a ton about like. 
Tuscan culture and what they believe and all this other stuff. Because he's like, everyone thinks they're savages, but really they're they're like this, and they actually care about all these other things. And blah 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 blah. Hmm. Well, he does that too, and then there's some other stuff. There's some some characters come back, like from Mandalorian and whatnot. And there's the the ending's cool. It's a big action set piece jazz for like the last two episodes. Uh, it was fun. Uh, yeah, I watched, I, I've been watching Young Justice season four. It, like they, they do mid season shit like everything else does. It's like, well, we got to take a break. And the, uh, part two of season four came out and I was watching it and, uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's really funny though, because like, <laughs> I don't know how else to how, how else to put this because it's like it's just really it was really strange and jarring, um, but like the first episode back, it's like they they start slapping you in the face with like all of this all this shit in this show that they want to like push constantly and that like I know what that sounds like, but there was literally like four or five different things in one twenty two minute episode. It was like polyamorous relationships uh fucking like what else was it uh some character that didn't really think about it before decided they were going to be non-binary there was they did this really good episode about religion earlier in the season and then like they explored like this character has christianity faith this character has islam faith it was done really well and then they like stopped everything dead in his tracks and did like this really dumb take and it was like a character literally just asked like what is islam and i was like <laughs> what is this actor did all this like you had like a really good episode that tackled like both both sides of the coin so to speak in that that kind of face or something um what, what, bizarre. what what show is this this is young justice you ever you're um it was on cartoon network a few years oh. ago Okay. It's kind of like a, uh, uh, they're doing like a Justice League thing, but it's like with all the sidekicks and mm-hmm. it's like over time they get older and they become adults. And this is like season three and four is like they're adults now. Yeah, this is like, the, uh, this is the, the animated, is it's like on HBO Max? Yeah, it, it went on to yeah. HBO Max now. Mm-hmm. I've um, seen it, I, I hadn't tried it. I, I was curious if I should give it a take or not, because it keeps coming up. I've run out of Batman movies to watch. So I don't. I don't let that shit bother me that much uh, usually, but it was just, there was a lot of it in the first episode back all of a sudden. And I was, it was a lot. And I was like, what the hell is this? It was so much that it makes you raise an eyebrow. I feel like, like, okay. And then it was there after that, it was fine. That was the other thing too. It was like, it was fine. The rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think those types of things are, it's good that there's representation for people that are that again everyone like deserves to have a hero that they can relate to so i think the problem is is that when it is intentionally being thrown into everyone's face and shoved in their throats if the purpose of oh we're putting this there because look we're cool too give us your money like that's kind of that's how it comes off so then it comes off hard it's very empty-handed right like just let it organically happen and and that's fine versus like just trying to shove it in is like oh look at us We're, we're okay we care too it's like well no, actually, yeah. according to your donations to your super pack, you really don't, but we won't go there. Uh, so, <laughs> like, that that's the type of stuff that I think matters. I, again, it's just dumb. But, uh, yeah, would you recommend ch- checking out Young Justice, though? 
Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's God, it's, it's hard to get, there's a lot to tackle about it, but, uh, it's interesting though, that they do like a show like that, where it's like, you have a cast characters, the kids get older, some of them die and don't come back ever. Like they're just gone forever. Uh, that that doesn't sound like DC. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I mean, like there's, Oh, you know, like somebody will come back in somebody's head, like it, like you know, you're imagining them talking to you or something, like like a season or two later or something like that, you know. But nobody really ever comes back. Yeah, uh, I got you. I tried Titans, and that boy, that was mm-hmm. that was some rough Edward stuff. I quit oh, pretty quick into that, so <laughs> I didn't want to run into that again. This is why I've been leery of starting. Uh, Young Justice. Is that Young the one where he's like, "Fuck Batman" or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Fuck Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is straight up edge. Just edge lord. Like, what if you know, we had live action anime? Well, like Bad Daddy anymore. <laughs> like first, the first season of that show is rough, and mm. like it gets a little better though. I'm not telling you to stick with it or anything. Uh, me, I, I watch it uh, for. I watch it with my sister occasionally. It's kind of like a a, a joke. It's like we we enjoy watching it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. It's because it's, we don't take it that seriously. Um, but, you know, Young Justice is different. It's totally different flavor from that shit. Um, oh, that's good. Uh, I watched Doctor Strange. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about it. You guys pretty much said much shit, and I, I liked it. <laughs> so, I enjoyed the very creative deaths um, that should have been in Infinity War. Because if you ever actually read the book, Thanos kills people in, like, these really creative ways, and that didn't fucking happen mm-hmm. at all in the movie. He just, like, mm-hmm. killed some guys, and then some people just turned into dust, which is kind of creepy to watch that happen. It's a little creepy. Mm-hmm. But, like, he did things in the book that was, like, he trapped, Cy- like, Cyclops was hitting him with his goddamn beams, and that was annoying because he's a god, basically. So he mm-hmm. just traps his head in a cube, and he suffocates to death. <laughs> you see that happen. <laughs> he turns Wolverine into like a slinky. He just yeah. He he gets rid of his bones. He just yeah, gets rid he, of his skeleton. He just turns into a pile uh, of mush. Yeah, like and, the the way he kills people. Yeah, I agree with you. He kills people in the comics way differently. But I get why they didn't do it. They were trying to make that like justifiable supervillain, like that you could like. They were trying to make it so that he he seemed like somewhat justified in what his cause was it was a different take that's fine i'm not really criticizing yeah. it too much but like i was kind of wanting that it didn't happen mm-hmm. but i got it in this and i enjoyed it <laughs> so um i also watched superman uh the the 1978 movie uh, you know christopher Reeve. i had never seen it before oh really um, yeah i like that movie we need to have I've a superman a month I decided I, I was going to watch for a second. Yeah, okay. I'll be right back. Sure, it's fine. I decided I was going to watch the old Supermans because uh, I'd never seen them, and um, I, I like this one pretty well. Uh, it's it's kind of a weird movie, I, I think, but I really like the the hard, like kind of sci fi fantasy vibe it has in the beginning of it. That's what that's what I like most about it is because it's fun it's a fun superhero movie and i'm not saying superhero movies aren't fun anymore they definitely 100 percent are fun but it's fun in a more like whimsical like flash gordon kind of bullshit way and i mm-hmm. like that a lot yeah you know like um marlon brando saying krypton 
<laughs> he refused to ever say crypt- Krypton. Mm-hmm. He was the only one that said Krypton. <laughs> he obviously just recorded all his stuff on his own at some point. Yeah, and like I enjoyed the the Krypton like that they had, and the, I don't know, I like the look of all that stuff. And Christopher Reeve did a really good job. I gotta say, I, I like how he had two really distinct performances as Clark Kent and Superman. That was that was cool. Um, I don't, I didn't like the the stuff with Lex Luthor, like the uh, the villain plot. I thought that was pretty fucking weak, honestly. Mm. But I, I recognize, though, because I don't know, I've never read a lot of Superman comics, like, from, from back then. Uh, I read some of the earliest stuff, though, like, from, like, the first few years of the publication. And I know that's probably about, like, how Lex Luthor was before. Because, uh, you know, some just like, I'm a criminal mastermind. I have a bunch of money. I'm going to blow up the, half of California and make a bunch of money somehow. Somehow, <laughs> question mark profit profit that <laughs> this this whole take where like Lex Luthor is a legitimate businessman who has political connections and shit, and he becomes like the president later or whatever. That that's like a more modern take on that character. Like that that's what everybody kind of knows him as now. Uh, so I was like, I, I kept that in mind, but I still was like, eh, it's still kind of a weak plot. Like I think they could have done better. Maybe I'll like Superman two better. Uh, with the Zod, the Zod, I don't know. <laughs> if, if you like the sci-fi bullshit of number one, I think you'll like number two. Yeah. Okay. Um, I still liked it, though. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I, I thought it was pretty, it was all right. Gene um, Hackman is the best, by the way. Yeah. He was pretty entertaining. We both watched Gene Hackman movies this week. Wow. <laughs> I, watched, uh, I watched. Very different of- performances. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> very, very different performances. What was with him having like wigs in that movie? Like he had a bunch of different wigs. <laughs> just weird, just to be weird. He he um, was he was probably like, I I still want hair even though I'm bald. And he's like, put a wig on. <laughs> I will say this: uh, after watching the the old Superman, uh, I was able to recognize a lot of references uh, to this movie from. Batman v Superman that I didn't get. Mm. Uh, there's like a lot of references to this movie in that, and uh, even what's his face? Uh, who who played Lex Luthor in that movie? I can't ever forget remember his uh, name. Eisenberg something. Yeah, Eisenberg. Yeah. Uh, his performance is even kind of similar to Gene Hackman's in some kind of ways. He has some of the same mannerisms. And, and... I thought I read that he like modeled it partially on that or something. Yeah, like, he yeah. wanted it to be a, a split between that and uh, was was it Kevin Spacey who did it in the? Yeah, the one where he's like wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he wanted to like co- try to come down the middle or something. I thought I heard that somewhere. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie either. I've never seen Superman Returns. I might watch it too. Just oh, like dude, it's a wonderful ride. Like, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's something. I thought it was kind of boring, honestly. It was we'll boring, see. but I was like, uh, it's fucking Kevin funny. Spacey. It's funny because of Kevin Spacey. If you watch the other ones, if you're going to watch fucking Superman 4, then you might as well watch Returns. I'm going to. I'm going to. But, um, yeah. Uh, that was kind of neat that I got something else out of it. Uh, then I watched some a bunch of Nexpo videos. Uh, it was all about ARG bullshit and mm-hmm. a cult and an MMO like like Worlds dot com and <laughs> some some old ass fucking MMO thing. 
Uh, is that real or is that imaginary for the sake of being spook? No, I think like it was a thing where people were saying, dude, there's a cult in this game. And there's like a guy who has an avatar that looks like he would, he's like satanic or something. And he, he takes you to like creepy areas in his own world and worlds.com or something. It's shit that looks like a doom water or whatever, you know, <laughs> that's like what the, that's what the walls look like. But Nick, um, Nick Bo makes, he, he makes documentaries on like legit stuff, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. There's legit stuff. Legendary nonsense. Reddit, Reddit mysteries. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I always think about getting in, into him cause I'm always watching down the rabbit hole or whatever, all these other channels that are like, you should no. you should try the the I video I linked. Now, that, now it's an ARG. It's it's something somebody's made up, but it's 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 weird. You have to like try to get into it one time. We'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, I watched a bunch of that stuff too. It was fun. Uh, then I'm still reading Gundam Wing: Endless Wasp Glory of the Losers. I'm getting more out of the backstory. Uh, they explain why Wu Fei is such an asshole in it. Because <laughs> like you watch Gun to Wig, you're like, why is he such a dick? <laughs> I always just thought he was just tightly wound. I thought he was just an asshole. Well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> so, hey, sometimes uh, there's not a reason though. Sometimes people are just assholes, you know? Yeah, but it's like kind of it, he's a huge asshole though. He's like he he he, he hates yeah. women and he's like he hates weak people mm-hmm. and he, he's like he's got this really he has battle autism, okay? Battle autism. I mean, every, everyone in that show has some kind of like a social disorder. I guess. Does Duo? Yeah. He's the closest to being normal. He's, a, he's the most well-adjusted out of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> he still gets kind of depressed at one point, but I think like, he's I like guess a, that's normal. I think he's a pathological liar. I think that's like the worst thing I can say about him. Mm. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's like something like I guess he he was married to a woman or something on their colony, and she was going to be the one that pilots the Gundam, and he was supposed to pilot like this tall geese prototype or something that was supposed to help defend the colony against like you know Oz attacks or some shit. Yeah, and somehow or another they switched roles during like an Oz attack on their colony, and and he was in the the Gundam and she wasn't, and you know how the tall geese has like the crazy boosters that give people heart attacks and shit. Right. Uh, she died piloting it. Aha. Uh-huh. And he got pissed and he's like, I will, I will end this insane era where, where, where women die fighting in mobile suits. And uh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. I, I get it now. Um, Word of an asshole. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sense now. Excalibur, I'm still reading that. I can't say much because there's so much. I'm just going to, I'm going to do like a whole thing about it when I get done with it. Uh, played RE Revelations 2. I'm back in the saddle. We did it. Uh, <laughs> First chapter's done. I got three more to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What I need a slog. I need to finish that or start playing it. But any anything else? No. All right. Now we're talking about Star Trek for twenty minutes, real, real <laughs> quick. Real quick, I gotta ask because I feel like we got we got off sidetracked with the whole Doctor Strange and and woke culture. This Andy, is your fault. I really want it is. It's my fault. I actually wanted to spend my time talking about what Andy did because I've been waiting forever to ask him these things. But it's gone. no, it's not too late. I, I'm pulling it back. Uh, so 
uh, first off, you finished FF9. I'm glad you like it. Where where do you feel like it ranks for you in terms of the Final Fantasy games? Uh, it's like high middle. Like it's not it's not as good as four, six, or seven, but it's better than one, eight, fifteen. So okay, right in the fair enough. Okay. What about 10? Where's, 10? Where's 10 ranking it? I never finished 10, so I don't feel oh. as good about ranking it. The I, I, nine's, got, nine's got a lot of stuff on its side. Like, it's one of the most competently made ones because, you know, they went back to basics. It's like fantasy-based and all this other stuff. And uh, it has some of the better character development. Like, coming off of 8, where no one has any character development almost whatsoever, all the characters in 9, like, develop wonderfully, except... Except, uh, well, maybe yeah. not. But Quinta doesn't, Armorant doesn't, and Freya only does a little bit, which sucks. Freya was like my favorite character. And then yeah. after disc two, her story just disappears. And then she's just kind of around. <laughs> but it's fine because they make up for it with like Steiner develops more than almost any other Final Fantasy character I can think of off the top of my head. Like Steiner has more development than anyone. Vivi's story is one of the most interesting stories. Uh, Zidane has a lot of developments. Dagger has a lot of developments. It's it's all wonderful. Yeah, and one of the strengths of that game is that they developed so many characters so well that even though there is one main character, there are you could actually make an argument that three or four of the characters in the party are the main character, depending yeah. on your take. That's, the first, the first disc and a half, I was like, this game isn't about Zidane. It's about Dagger. She's the main mm-hmm. character of this game. Or mm-hmm. Vivi, sort of, to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, there are side characters. Beatrix has more character development than, like, fucking Squall does in Final Fantasy VIII. Like, they, they, the writing of that game is really, really good. Uh, the gameplay, they mm-hmm. don't, like, innovate anything, but that's kind of okay. Like, they, they don't, besides tr- introducing trance, they don't um, make anything crazy. They don't introduce any new gameplay elements. It's still just good old-fashioned hey, there's spells, and it goes fire, 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 there's there's elemental weaknesses, you get to cast meteor at some point, you know, there's summons. So basically, it's just good old fat, it's like the tastiest vanilla ice cream there could possibly be. Gameplay-wise. Story-wise, the stuff's like, you know, Rocky Road Superman ice cream. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, right. and, okay. uh, and uh, the, I it's kind of a shame. Uh, Kuja's a fine. He's a fine villain. I like the other guy better, the one that they introduce in, at the end of disc three. Oh, uh, Garland. Yeah, Gar- Garland's cool. I like Garland a lot. His character design is wicked. I love it. He looks like something off the cover of a metal album. He does he's very metal? Also, it's got the four fiends from Final Fantasy One. Great touch. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so now now I've got my other question. I'll I'll stop stalling for for things because actually i'm looking forward to talking about the movie full metal alchemist spoilers anybody listening you can jump if you don't know what i'm talking about scale from one to ten how sad was may's death uh, uh six uh, so uh may's it, so it's not so much of his death i guess it's a shock it happens but it's like the aftermath of like what happens having... in like episode eight of 46 
yeah, I mean, it is. It's pretty early, so it's not so much it's a shock. It's the. It's I, I have. Like, I have a problem with like this, the... and I don't. I don't want to get out way off in the weeds because you know we do have other things to talk about. But like, there's so much like fan love for that character and like merchandise, and he's an awesome character. But like, besides being motivation for Colonel Mustang, he has he contributes almost. That's everything. an awesome name. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, Mustang's <laughs> one of the coolest characters in the show. Oh, the name goes the character, I can tell you right now. But, oh, uh, he's so badass, yeah. Like, I guess in the original series, I guess he was in it more, which is great. I think that's part of why a lot of people like him so much. Mm-hmm. And he's really interesting and, like, clearly, like, a likable, nice guy, which makes him a likable, nice character. And when he died, I was like, oh, man, that sucks. I liked that character. But it wasn't, like, this end-all moment of the series a lot of people portray it as. I was more upset mm-hmm. about a lot of other, like, it, it, toward the end, when, mm-hmm. again, there's spoilers, and this one's at the end, but at the end when Greed dies, I was, like, a little choked up, because Greed was, like, my favorite fucking character. I love uh, Greed. Yeah. <laughs> Greed. Greed is a great character. When he, and, when and he, like, when he tricks, um, the, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lynn. He tricks Lynn. Mm-hmm. And like sacrifices himself so Lynn can get away. Oh man, this part's so great. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of other characters who die or almost die that I just kind of thought had a little bit. They were more poignant, but mm-hmm. just because you know Hughes was at the beginning, and it, it's yeah. still really important. And I'll, they visit his family in the final episode. They're talking about him, and all it's 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 still like really nice and stuff. But it, besides those flashbacks where they're they're in the war and he's talking to Mustang and Mustang's like, I'm gonna be president of this goddamn country if it's the last thing i ever do and he's like i'll help you we're best friends for life brother like besides that he doesn't he, he's not Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> your, your point is right he he's he is much more present like physically in the the original anime so his death is more of a shock it's not so much that his death is, is the problem mm-hmm. it's the scenes that happen after like his, his funeral and his child like crying like what are they doing to daddy if they put daddy down there he won't come back up he won't wake up like yeah. that, that is heartbreaking and that was something danny and i talked about even at magfest our, our friend uh mutual friend that we uh always bring up but don't bring up on the on the show but uh he uh and i were talking about that and that's one of those things that's weird as as again going oh par- i'm a parent so things are different but that that i watched that before and i've watched that after now having having a child and that hits way different. Uh, that was way sadder to watch the second time around. So I don't. I was curious how how it, like it did like it didn't affect you. Which again, when I watched it before, I had EV. I was like, oh, that sucks. But I, I just mean, went you on. know, it affected me. I was like, oh, that sucks. The character's cool. Oh, he died. Oh, and and the the revelation later that when Envy did it, uh, he she whatever Envy did it looking like his wife. Like it's pretty fucked up. That's like you know mm-hmm. pretty soul crushing. But still. I was more upset about other character deaths, I guess. Sure, sure. Okay, well, I'll move on now. I've been holding this for weeks, waiting. I'm like, finally, I can ask you. <laughs> all right, the moment we all been waiting for. Star Trek. First right. con. sucked. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, it wasn't that great. It had too much. Uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so. Yeah, I I don't know if Zach, are you aware of the Borg? Yeah, okay. I know about the Borg. I and, think that's something that a lot of people would know about without really watching Star Trek. Yeah, I think a lot of people know the Borg and they know the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Space I, 
fun thing. I didn't really know what the Borg were, except for I once rode a ride when I was in high school called the Borg Assimilator. There's, I guess, at like one of the, it's like in Carowinds theme park. Mm-hmm. And I remember that because of something that happened. We don't get into that, but, uh, but I remember <laughs> that ride. It's a Star Trek themed roller coaster ride. So that's mm-hmm. how I know what the Borg are. I know that's like a, such a lame way to say that I know what they are, but I know what you're talking yeah. about because I saw the video. It's just like Patrick threw were like, "We need to go back in time to my family tree, the Borg." We, need, we, we need, and I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, funny because that ride came out before, and then Picard to go back in time because the Borg and shit. So fuck. Anyway. Um, Star Trek First Contact. Uh, before I watched this movie, uh, recently, I had my shit, like, weirdly mixed up. I thought the Vulcans were gonna be, like, the whole part of this movie, and I totally forgot it was, like, near the end when they just land and shit, but... Just turn up right there at the end. Yeah. Uh, but the beginning of this movie is fucking great because, uh, Picard was taken by the Borg. There was a big storyline. I think it was like either season three or four or two. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the season finale of season three, and then season four. It's maybe it's two into three. It's one of those. It's a cliffhanger into the next. Like he's like, I am Lacutus of Borg. Resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. And it's like, oh my god! And then you got to wait a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he his, his name was like Lacutus and shit. And the Borg, they all work together as one. They're assimilated. Uh, what the Borg does throughout the galaxy is they go from planet to planet, ship to ship, and assimilate everyone into their collective. It's uh, called Yes. <laughs> Actually, Zach, you hit the nail on the head earlier. It's you know everyone knows Klingons and Borg, and you said, "Oh, Klingon space orcs. These are just space zombies." Those space zombies, pretty much. These are the space zombies. Uh, Again, uh, you know, we can talk about the plot. That's probably where we should be at. I just kind of wanted to lead with um, everyone loves the Borg. I don't like the Borg as a Star Wars enemy. I think they're boring, and I think a lot of the lamest plots have to do with the Borg. (laughs) There it is. After I've uh, seen some more Star Trek stuff with the Borg, were the Borg ever in the original series? That's something they made up in Next Gen. It's something they made up for Next Gen. It's uh, I thought so. I think it was. I, I don't know. Q turns up at some point, and he's like, "Oh, you want to see the fucking unknown? Do you motherfuckers?" And he like transports them way the hell out in the Delta Quadrant, and the Borg are there, and the Borg see them, and the you know the Borg become aware of mankind and the federation and that's why the borg start coming <laughs> to the federation throughout next generation and then it comes to a head in first contact i'm gonna yeah. slightly edit your comment it was the first time we saw on tv the borg and the next generation but mm-hmm. if you if you want to get all nerdy and shit with the borg because the borg is so like they want to assimilate everything in every multiverse and every time period and shit Enterprise, uh, Star Trek Enterprise, the show that they did in the early 2000s, they touch up- upon, and even with Voyager, uh, when they go back in time on Earth and Borg is being assimilated in, like, the 1940s and shit. So apparently, 
the Borg do a lot of time traveling after <laughs> after. I don't T- remember that at all? Yeah, that's at, weird. After TNG and Picard, uh, the show uh, Star Trek Picard in season two, uh, because they go back in time and because they tra- they're traveling with the fucking Borg Queen, uh, which we see in this movie uh, in Picard and. She assimilates with one of the crew in the Picard and are assimilating soldiers on planet Earth in t- 2024. So there's another timeline uh, shit. Everything's like Terminator now. Like, it's, it, it's it's very messy with time travel now with Star Trek. Anyway, we're, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Next Generation leading into First Contact. A lot of people thought the first Next Generation movie would be about the Borg because when the series ends off, they never quite got to the point where the Borg were like, they're in full force. There was the the Battle of Wolf, whatever that star is. It, it went, after Picard is is, uh, is taken over by the Borg, they in the one Borg cube invades Federation space and just like wipes the floor, like a whole fleet of ships, like messes them up because they're just completely unready for this. And then, you know, at the end, our heroes save the day and they get the card back and all this other stuff. But through then after that, there's like incursions by Borgs and they're like, oh, we lost a bunch of stuff on the frontier. Is there going to be some Borg involvement? And they run into like, miss, they find a Borg and nurse it back to health and name it Hugh. And there's a whole like conundrum about, oh, they can, um, they engineered this virus and they can give it to Hugh. And if they send Hugh back to the collective, the virus will spread to all of them and wipe out the whole race. And the whole, ep- the point of the episode is whether or not it's ethical for them to wipe out this entire race of beings just to feel safer or whatever. And there's also like, uh, at some point lore data's evil brother has like some Borg that he's found or something. I can't remember what that plot is. Cause it sucks, but there's lots of like small Borg plot lines. And then the movie is finally the big, Oh, here they come. They're going to invade the Federation. Holy shit. Well, what's great about the Borg throughout the whole next generation. And we'll move on to the actual movie here. Is like they'll be like flying around in their spaceship, and then all of a sudden you just see like a Borg just <laughs> teleport onto the bridge and like connect to the computers. They're like they'd be like, "Ha, computer!" And they, they would like start shooting it. And because they adapt so well, the Borg like if you start shooting him with a certain plasma ray, the Borg will but know. That happens in the movie too. Yeah, yeah, they yeah and they, they adapt. Yeah, and then you adapt. have to find a different way to kill him, and uh, it. it in this movie is when, you know, shit's going down uh, as far as, like, a big-ass battle. Because something's going off in a different quadrant. I mean, the movie starts off with Picard having a nightmare about being Lacutus. And then he gets this call, like, orders to be like, nah, bitch, stay in that Delta quadrant and look at asteroids while we go fight the Borg. Because they don't trust him because of the whole cutest Which doesn't shit. make sense because in the show several times they use him to spearhead efforts that are like anti-board yes but this the movie if you take the movie and put it in a bottle it's a really fun action movie and it's got some interesting parts and everything but if you watch the whole series and then watch this movie so much of it doesn't make any fucking sense at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like the, the the funny part in the beginning, like Picard is talking to the crew, and like everybody in the officers at the table are just like, oh, you know, shit's going down. We should we should help out, 
and Picard's like, no, I gotta follow orders, and Riker's like pushing him and shit, and like Picard is like, no, we're gonna do the, the we're gonna do the orders, and then he finally breaks. He's like, no, they don't trust me, and and then uh, that's when Data did the whole thing. Like, I I don't know for word, but he's like, they the orders could go to hell pretty much. To hell with the yeah, I can yeah, I can speak for all the other crew members when I say to hell with orders. I yeah, think that's what he says. Because they're not listening to the radio yeah. broadcast, and the Federation's getting their face smashed in. Yes. Yeah. And it makes sense strategically. Like you have a, a an actual person that was part of the Borg. They know how, he knows how they, you know, operate. Wouldn't you want them at least to either be in the background and tell them what to do? No, they just they were all just saying fuck Picard, uh, and then they finally said, you know, we're gonna go. And we're we're gonna we're gonna own the Borg. He's like, you need to shoot that hole. <laughs> and there's also a real quick like, you again. This is more like Star Trek nerd. I've watched the TV show stuff. The Defiant is there because by this point, uh, Worf is off the Enterprise. He's he went to Deep Space Nine. So the Defiant is there, a ship that they made to fight the Borg, and Worf is on it with a bunch of losers. And this is quoting Plankett, but there's there's uh. <laughs> No Dax, no Bashir, no Kira, <laughs> no Cisco, no Odo. Like, there's no characters. It would have been nice to have just like a quick cameo of like, you know, Cisco or something. Come on, but no, it's it's just Warp and a bunch of losers. So funny <laughs> enough, one of the losers in that was as far as the officer is Adam Scott. Adam Scott, guy. you're right. Yep. Yeah, it's in it, which I thought was kind of cool. It's like, wait a second, is that him? And then I had to look it up. I was like, sure enough, it's him. I didn't realize cool. it was him until I was on the IMDb. I have to admit, I was like, oh fuck, that is Adam Scott. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, I wonder if he teaches them how to make a calzone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the whole Worf thing is funny because like Worf is like, oh, oh, we're gonna we're gonna attack, and he like he gets beamed up, and he, and like Riker is like, for running speed, <laughs> <laughs> and then Riker is like, Do you remember how to use lasers, right? Like with security, <laughs> he's like poking fun at him because remember in Generations, he literally puts him in the water, and he's always like doing snide remarks, and he does that to Worf, and Worf is like angry and shit, like. Although it's kind of funny though, right? Because he's asking him if he knows how to shoot. And just previously, he's like, "We're just gonna ram right into them and suicide." Like, yeah. Uh, so it kind of fits. Worf is uh, like in the series, man. He's great. Like some of his episodes are really awesome, and I recommend. Sure. Uh, so he's it, one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I the whole like Klingon Empire is interesting in itself. Uh, I would say Klingons are my favorite and second a Borg uh, for me. And then third, Ferengi. Ferengi are cool. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, this movie, another reason it kind of pisses me off is there's never, and it kind of is with Nemesis, but there's never like a cool, the, the Cold War between the Federation and the Romulans never comes to a head. And I always thought the Romulans were way fucking cooler than the Borg. They're a much cooler bad guy. They've got, like, special forces and a spy network and all this other stuff. And the Borg are just zombies. It sucks. They're boring. The the one great thing about the uniforms with the next generation, because the next generation in the show were lame. I've always liked the original and then what uh, J.J. does with the the old uniforms. Mm -hmm. But next generation first contact fucking grays, I fucking love it. 
Yeah, I agree. No, it, it's kind of like it's sort of like what they do on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, they look a lot better. You're right. Mm-hmm. So th- that's a plus as well. But then we uh, go back uh, in the past because uh, the board the board's is... plan was to come to Earth and then time travel into the past, which doesn't make any sense to me. But okay. yeah, that was not uh, telegrammed well on the screen because I was like. Wait, they're going to Earth. They're 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 going to Earth, and uh, now we're back in time. And this, I, if you're going to time travel, just do it in the Delta Quadrant and then come to Earth. Yes. Oh, <laughs> just, just don't think about it that much. Uh, and I want to bring this up before we go into it. If anything Star Trek related, whether it be movie or whether it be a like TV show, I think it would work well as a TV show. I want to know more about stuff before and after World War III. Because I think that's the most interesting part of the Star Trek universe, is learning about, you know, Khan, about the eugenics wars and all that yeah. stuff, and World War no, III. No, I, I agree. Like, that's that's my favorite part of this movie, is we're seeing the the fallout, no pun intended, from the Third World War. It's like, you know, everything's splintered, and there's like an Eastern faction that I guess they have a ceasefire with, and like I want to know more. Like, this is interesting. What's going on? Mm-hmm. There's some books, but I heard, like, Star Trek fans, like, are very picky on what is canon and what is not in the book, so be careful with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're... Uh... I, I heard there's one where they meet the X-Men. That one's gotta be canon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not kidding. There is, I can't remember if it's a comic or a book, but uh, the Next Generation crew meet the X-Men. It's hilarious. <laughs> so if Professor X and, and Jean-Luc Picard meet, does like the world implode? Right. That's <laughs> wait, How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's before the X-Men movies. Though. You know what would happen, yeah, right? Like I, would... think, I think you're right. I think it's a one, it's like a one-off, like what if uh, comic from like the yeah, 90s. Like it, it it would literally be the Spider-Man meme pointing, but like John Luke is standing and fucking Professor X is like he's sitting, <laughs> he's sitting. He's pointing down at him. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so where it is like post World War Three, I forgot what year it was, but it's like twenty sixty or something. Yeah. yeah, and you have these characters here. I I'm having a brain fart. What was his name? Zephyrin Cochran. Zeph- yeah, Dr. Cochran. Yeah, he's like the founder. The coolest name ever. I love it. <laughs> the founder of Warp Speed um, with the the spacecraft. And then this is Lily. Uh, these are the characters that we're going to be dealing with uh, in this society uh, as far as the first contact. Um, and no one else. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. There's no... not a single other character. For it... this <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying, like, they're, uh, you know, the main attraction in this world that we're going to be it's, dealing with. It's two people, a bunch of hobos, and, and just a lot of, like, folksy rock and roll, like, blues music. Only <laughs> one of which is an actual licensed track. <laughs> the rest of it's just, like, just, like, B-track, non, mm-hmm. non-generic garbage. Well, the important part is that the board time travel... And the Enterprise sees the Earth, like, transform into Borg land. And they're like, oh, we got to follow it back. And they go back, and the Borg turn up, and they blast Cochrane's launching area from orbit and damage a bunch of stuff and kill some people. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the Enterprise blows them to smithereens, and they're like, oh, we got to go find out what the damages are. So 
pretty much if you if you, if you don't see it yet uh the borg is trying to do terminator stuff like take out sarah connor then john connor won't be born take out this guy's landing and try to kill him so he's not the founder of warp speed and earth and there's no starfleet on earth kind of thing yeah. well it's not just that it, it, i mean the, the warp speed thing matters too but it's also the fact that if he doesn't do it at that specific date then he doesn't alert the Vulcans. Vulcans, yes, which then officially shows the Earth that the extraterrestrials are there. I love that they get into that and they actually explain it and show the gravity to him later on. Um, who, who is it that talks to him? Uh, Gordy, I think, or not Gordy, Jordy. Jordy talks Gordy. to him and, and he said, Gordy, sorry, geez, Gordy uh, Laferge. You know, the guy that created the, the reading rainbow. Rainbow, that's right, the reading rainbow guy. Yeah, well, our Burton's a badass, but uh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jordy's talking to him about like like the ramifications of what he does, in which case, you know, it's great because he's just trying to make a quick buck, and then realizes he comes onto this thing that literally changes human civilization forever. Uh, but yeah, it, the first contact doesn't happen, and uh, again, just everything that happens in the future is completely changed. Like you said, it's a it's a uh, Terminator T eight hundred situation. Yeah, and uh, Jordy doesn't have his uh, his hair band as his eye thing anymore. Now he has like contact lens and shit that cyber are contacts. the cyber lenses. Yeah, it was like Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I don't like it. He's better. Buica, Buica. Yeah, but I'm then he robot. can't he can't go down there and be among all these other people. They'd be like, what, what the fuck kind of glasses are those? He could have Cyclops. He could turn into a Cyclops visor. They, they, people have that in the future for sunglasses. I really wish they would have given him like big ass like sci-fi aviators or something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, we got to make you blend in with the 21st century. That's well, what some cool. kind of bullshit they wear in Cyberpunk. It's yeah, it's 2063. It would be fine. By the way, I love the spaceship uh, when it gets into space and comes out with their little uh, warp coils and shit. Yeah, um, it looks cool. Little trivia, apparently, uh, because of all the World War Three and nukes and shit, uh, his ship out outer the you know when Picard goes to touch it and he has like a, he jizz he has like a jizz moment like oh excited yeah yeah <laughs> oh, my pantaloons yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently that's like the casing of a nuke like a real nuke um, so that's interesting uh, to me at least uh, oh that's cool yeah. yeah. Uh, when Lily, when Lily's like taking out a fucking machine gun and shooting at like the the crew, I was like, God damn, she's World War Three and uh, you know whatever type of universe this is, uh, hard motherfucker. We're we're literally uh dealing with some dangerous people here. But I love how Data just drops in, greetings while he gets shot up. <laughs> uh, dramatic. Yes. So, um. Andy, you have anything you have to say about this movie that you want to bring up? Uh, I mean, honestly, there's a lot I could say about this movie. I a lot of what I've said so far has been negative, but honestly, it's a fun movie to watch. Like, I always have a good time watching this movie. There's a lot of interesting stuff that happens in it, and a lot of characters have a lot of things to do, which isn't easy to do in the show. You know, each episode is less than an hour, but each episode, it's oh, this is a this is a data episode. This is a this is a Riker episode. This is whatever. But in the movie, you got to give Picard something to do. You got to give Riker something to do. You got to give Worf something to do. Data, Dr. Crusher, Jordy, Deanna Troy, they all need something to do. So, and they do a really good job of everyone's got like a little, a little feature where they do something interesting. 
Yeah, stopped on an interesting point. I really like the part <laughs> where she's she's talking to to Zephyr Cochran and trying to get him to talk, and he won't do it unless she drinks with him. So Deanna Troy drinks three shots of tequila and gets wasted, and it's it's pretty funny. It's a fun scene. <laughs> I, I I love that Cochran is just like drinking up and he's like dancing and shit. Uh, and then Riker comes along and I I love his conversation with Troy because he's like you're drunk and he's like she's like no I'm not and like she mumbles and shit and then falls over <laughs> like the comedy is stuff is hilarious. Um, I agree with you, Andy. Like this movie. One one thing I have to say is that it feels like a movie. Like generations, like we talked about, like it was a like a part one and part two cliffhanger uh, type of movie. This one, yeah, there were parts about it that felt overly movie. Like they do that shitty lighting that I hate in generations. <laughs> but in this, they kind of they dial that back a little bit. There's still like a bunch of weird lighting situations, but it's because like you know the ships at Red Alert or. They're in the the parts of the ship that are occupied by the Borg, or they're down on Earth, and it's night. That that's fine. They they find excuses to have better movie lighting this time. Yeah, and I like that. You know, continuing from generations with the emotion chip. You know, you, we learned that the emotion chip. He finally learns how to turn it off and on. So like, <laughs> Data's getting like all anxious and scared and shit. And like Picard's like, could you please turn off your uh motion chip and he's like done and he's like data i envy you <laughs> sometimes um but as you could tell like picard is slowly building into like we need to fucking kill these motherfuckers <laughs> like in the beginning he's like oh i know how to beat him and then like oh we need to stop him in this timeline and then he's like, oh, we got to fucking shoot him. What are we doing? And he's like, starts like, we need to destroy. And he like t- throws his gun at the, the ships and stuff when he's having that conversation. Yeah, I mean, they straight up tell you what's going on. I mean, you remember the scene where Lily literally turns to the audience and stares you in the eye and says, this is just like Moby Dick. Just like it. You remember that scene? Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was on the nose with that. But again, it does serve at least his arc in the, the film does does fit that. Mm-hmm. He does get to do that cool thing where he quotes it, and she's like, "Oh, I never read it." <laughs> yeah, this is just like Moby Dick. So I hear. Yeah, um, I like when you know Riker and Jordy are like trying to convince him, like, "Oh no, we're actually from you know." We're astronauts from the future and shit. He's like, nah, and he put he goes in this telescope and he sees the ship and he's all like he's all drunk and shit, so he's just like, What the fuck is going on? And then Deanna Troy and shit. Um I like the whole spacewalk. That's that's one of the most thrilling parts of the movie, I think. Very like 2001 space odyssey the music that's why you think that the music reminds me of star trek the motion picture and a little bit of 2001 because it has that weird bang Mm. bang kind of music going on yeah um also uh wharf gets to use klingon dagger to like chop a borg's arm off yes fuck yeah i love this part (laughs) uh i want to talk about this weirdness uh so data skin yeah, I I don't understand why, though. Like, 
was she like well because he's being he's being tempted that's he's got to resist that's his plot arc in this movie is they capture data and he's like well, i'm not gonna help you fuck off and they, she's like look at all this look at what we can offer you you want to become human we can make you more human we'll give you all the skin isn't it awesome and then that's why at the end you're like oh she she convinced him he's gonna work with them now and then he's like resistance is futile and cracks open the thing yeah, yeah it gives you the swerve it's the double yeah. turn i i oversimplified the whole thing but but yeah that that's that's zark is he gets captured and then he has to resist the temptation he gets captured they have sex yeah, I guess they but I don't know. Like, yeah. Does she have a Borg vagina? I don't know what happens there. I don't understand that because, like, she asks him, when's the last time you were, like, I don't know, masturbated? When's the as... last time you used it? Yeah. Oh, he, he's been, he, like, six years, two months, something, something, something. So I'm like, wait, did... Episode two, season one is what he said. That's how his child was made. He fucking masturbated and then made the child. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... That was weird to me, like, the the whole love scene between Data and the Borg Queen. Like, it makes a little sense. Like, she's still kind of part human, and he's not. <laughs> like... Well, but they lower her into some weird body. Like, is it is it got a fleshlight in it? Like, what is, yeah. what's going on? She's got, like, a little spinal cord. You see it wiggle around and shit. And it goes in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, I've always been, like... That's the one thing I hate about the Borg, because I don't like there that there's a queen, because then, you know... They're cooler without a queen, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because if you listen to the queen, she seems like she's independent still, right? Like, she's an elitist. Like, she doesn't need to be part of this collective. I'm running this collective. While, like, you look at a Borg, and he's like... And, like, destroy... And resistance is futile. Like they're all drones, and she's like, "I'm, I'm the ruler." Well, you could argue that's how hive minds work. That's you know, there's a queen that runs all the shit, and then there's all the drones that just do all the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene in the fucking. <laughs> It's when Patrick Stewart fucking lay, lays waste to motherfuckers with a goddamn Tommy gun. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's Dixon Hill. Yes. I like when he says, oh, this is the wrong chapter. <laughs> He's like, yeah, oh, shit. Start chapter 13. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And then, like, I got, I got real confused by that then when I saw him kill them. It was like, well, I thought, can't, I thought this was a hologram. <laughs> No, and, and then he's like, I disabled the safety protocols. Even a holographic bullet can kill. And you, as the viewer, are like, what? Yeah, that's I was like, how does that work? It can. But then, you know, you saw them, uh, like, in the last movie where they're on the, the, the Enterprise, they're goofing off, and they, they dunk Worf in the water, and Dr. Crusher gets thrown in the water. So did they get thrown in holographic water? Did they Did they never actually get wet? I, Why was she mad if it was just holographic water? Good question. That's a question. Can you can you drown in holographic water? Are you supposed Absolutely. to? Think, are you supposed to think about this shit that deeply? I, I don't think so. I feel like <laughs> so either. <laughs> I feel like if I would edit this episode for like YouTube, I would like put in like a lot of Matrix lines in here. It's like you die in the Matrix, you die in the real life kind of thing. <laughs> That's what I think. Die in the holodeck, you die for real. Yeah. <laughs> if the 
safety protocols are off. Apparently, I guess I, I don't know. I, I there the, the the holodeck has a bunch of weird inconsistent rules. There's like an episode where Riker's fucking some girl that's a hol- holograph or something, and then like there's that one where Moriarty just becomes real and comes out and is like wreaking havoc and uh, there's no rules well there's no rules a little side tangent there in the holodeck there's an episode like i I think it goes on for a couple of episodes but there's this like this science team member who's in love with deanna troy so he oh yeah yeah. uh barkley yeah so he (laughs) he goes in the holodeck and he creates like different versions of deanna troy like like it's not just troy it's like all the women yeah the cast are like Oh, Barkley, you're the best. I love you. <laughs> I'm just curious. You mentioned Moriarty. I'm showing my ignorance to. Is there a character within Star Trek with name Moriarty, or are you referring to? No, like, it's just straight up literature? Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes. Okay, that's what I was hoping you'd say. That's really cool. So it's no, just straight they do up like Sherlock, a Sherlock Holmes, Holmes story, and uh, Data and Geordi go in. We we watch it in our Star Trek Next Generation episode. So listeners, if you're interested in to hear what we think, go back and listen to that. But they, they go in and uh, like they're in it for like two minutes and then Data is like, oh, it's this guy. He did it. This is how you know. And they're like, Data, this isn't hard enough for you. Computer program the hardest possible Sherlock Holmes oh, no. mystery. And the computer like <laughs> makes a Moriarty with the power of you know, the ship's computer. Oh, and fuck. he ends up so so powerful he has an existential crisis figures out that he's like a computer hologram and then like takes over the ship and a bunch of kooky nonsense it's a great episode go watch it mm-hmm. that sounds really cool i'll have to check that out yeah yeah zach lost power by the way so uh oh, lost oh, power no. yeah oh, oh no so hopefully hopefully, hopefully it comes back on um and then we'll get his opinion on stuff but Chaz, what do you have to say about this film? What would you want to bring up? Uh, I mean, again, is that the outsider with having? I, I I know we talked before about watching certain things. I've actually intentionally not watched anything because I I wanted to see what my take would be watching it without any other outside uh, information to to see what my perspective would be. And I, I see what Andy's saying. I'd agree with him. Like this, this movie was fun to watch on its own. Uh, I did feel like it was more of a full movie and I enjoyed it. Um, I thought that, yeah, there are inconsistencies, but it's that whole thing of don't think too hard into it. I think uh, yeah, it's got a lot of like really obnoxious plot holes in it, which feels very un Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. It, well, some of the plot holes I wouldn't pick up on because I've not watched the series. But then, like, there are there are literal plot holes that just don't fit with, like, the science fiction, like, I guess. So yeah. the, those are the things that I noticed. But they're very like, minor. So, like, I enjoy the story. I like the whole – anytime I feel like, at least in my terms of they've done time travel right, like, I like the idea of, oh, well, don't mess with this because, you know, the smallest thing can, can affect it, you know, the, the butterfly effect. Right. Like, yeah, they've got a temporal – time directive or something they talk about Mm -hmm. and of course in every star trek series they time travel like fucking eight times Mm -hmm. let me let me ask you that you guys this question and andy like i'm gonna ask you specifically because you know more star trek uh than chaz uh but this movie if the the next gen crew never showed up do you think this would like I know in their timeline, you know, they talk about him being the founder, but did they push him to become, you know, that leader? 
that 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 founder of warp speed because do you remember when Riker was like well, you know well, he was definitely going to because he's part of history and they already know his name and oh the first chapter his name's Efren Cochran and and how big his dick was I I see what I see what you're saying Dubs so I don't know how time travel works within oh the like it's predestined uh, yes yeah like time is time is still linear so even if you go back like you're, it's still meant to happen like the whole point of, of it was that they were supposed to be there and explain to him the importance and it changed like how things were at so everything that happened was supposed to anyway um but i mean there are plot holes in that too but that's that's neither here nor there but yeah well, uh, well the thing that like kind of like nods at it a little bit is like Riker brings up that quote I, i'm not going to say the actual club but he's like well a man once told me you know something something history something something and then like the the guy cochran was like oh that's a pretty good quote and then like i thought about it like when he probably says that quote he's probably thinking about Riker bringing it up which then he, yeah so like i i thought about that like well maybe this is just one big loop because this happens and then you know they set them up to meet the vulcans it's because of them but then again, like if you if you don't have this movie, then you just have him meeting the Vulcans anyway. And that's where time travel gets a little murky when, when you're dealing with that too, too much of time. I, I had a different, more romanticized view of how he becomes this great leader and this this great man that gets quoted throughout history. Is um, there's just uh, a lot of astronauts talk about this moment of clarity they get when they first see the Earth from space. And, uh-huh. and they kind of have that moment in this movie when they get into orbit. He's like, that's the Earth. Okay. It's so small. It's so uh-huh. small. There's there's that famous quote. One of the astronauts is like, oh, you just want to take every world leader in the world and bring them to the moon and be like, look at that, you son of a bitch. You know, astronauts are always saying, like, when you when you get into orbit and you see the Earth, there's that, that moment when you realize how small you are and how all this other stuff seems inconsequential and, you know, mankind and all these greater aspirations. I think that happens to Cock because the whole time he's just like, I'm just doing this for money. I'm just doing this for, for power, whiskey. I just, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. I want to get out of this, this dirt hovel, this post-World War III living, and we're going to go on to something better and I'm going to make a bunch of money. And he gets into orbit and sees the earth and realizes how much more there is to existence. And I, I think he embraces that. that. That's what I think. I, again, that's a more romanticized view, but that, that's always been my interpretation. I think I that's a cool view. I kind of thought the same thing when I saw, like the fact you could see like when he says that, like something changes and that mirrors the perspective that society takes on because that's exactly what they do. They change. And like, I, I didn't know this about Star Trek. Like when they bring up like the fact that the concept of money doesn't exist, like, everything is for the betterment of mankind and and again the priorities have uh, of society have completely changed and it's kind of based around that whole idea of if everyone had anyone any individual had the chance to look at the earth that way and realize there's so much more out there it would change that that perspective mm-hmm. so I, I think it's it's kind of a cool idea to think about uh the predestined thing i think the idea is like it's really easy to think that but there are so many little inconsistencies that you can pick out of that because it's again time travel is just a messy thing anyway it's so hard to get it right so uh, also if it was predestined yeah. then they wouldn't see the globe becoming borgified before they went back would they oh yeah probably yeah you wouldn't expect that either again that's the whole thing of is 
if it is linear, then there's still a fracture of where, again, it did happen and it didn't happen, which is, again, it's splitting and you have different timelines. I, I, I don't know. Say. We're all going to go cross-eyed. <laughs> yeah, it. it's, it's too much too much theorizing on on, on science uh, science fiction trope so i like when they finally yeah. convince like oh shit we got to get this guy to actually do the mission so we better tell like lily and cochran who we are and like mm -hmm. i like i've never knew this but I, like when he shows her the window like i got fucking scared too like when he hit the thing and like you hear it's the force field it's a force field and then i also thought man if like some electrical shit happens on a fucking uh that ship and that force field's gone. They're done. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, like, that will never happen. But, uh, yeah, when Lily finds out and shit, and then they do the spacewalk, and that's cool. Uh, and then, like, Picard has become, like, full paranoid, and he, like, tells fucking Worf that he's a fucking <laughs> uh, coward and shit. And, like, that's the one worst thing you tell a Klingon that is he's a coward in the moment of battle. Um, tell you where you stand. Yeah. He's like, if you were the captain or, or uh, of the ship, I'd kill you where you stand and stuff. Uh, and then that's where, you know, we got the Lily and Picard talk where he, like, fucking crashes his weapon through the glass and he kind of snaps out of it and then, you know, agrees that they have to do the self-destruction which by the way 15 minutes what i guess maybe to get everybody off the ship because the big ship it's a new enterprise uh but another part of me is like man that 15 minute kind of kills them in a way because the board kind of takes over where like it, that's where the double swerve comes in right because like at the whole time like you're like fuck you data what are you doing and he's like now you have control, and then he's like, Resist resistance is futile, and then that's when, like, all the... What came out of that, that tubes? Was that radiation and stuff? Uh, it's, I don't know, something that's part of the, the spaceship engine that eats flesh. Yeah, murky plasma fog glow. He explains it at some point. He's like, be careful you don't hit something that's full of... It's it's full of flesh-eating gas or something. I can't remember. Like, when they're when they're prepping... Mm -hmm. Danger, and man, what a bitch the Borg Queen is! By the way, where she's like, "Fuck you, Data! I'm I'm gonna bring back my Locutus and shit." <laughs> well, no, it's just like, it's a trick, right? Because they mm -hmm. they're they're messing with him. Yeah, and uh, I do like the 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 twist because, like, oh man, Data has control right now, and you know they're about to do the test run and she tells him to shoot and then the torpedoes miss. And that's when you're like, Oh shit, he's on our side. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It seemed like he kept it going for an unnecessary amount of time. Like, why did he do that? Mm -hmm. I, it's to be dramatic, I guess, but still. Yeah. And man, that skin looks so fucking weird on data. Like yeah, I was it, like, I was terrified was back weird. then with that. There's Patrick Stewart. And a little tank top. <laughs> His athletic wear. Yeah. Would you like? Would you think of the battle between the Borg and, and Picard, Borg Queen? It felt really flat to me. Maybe because I know what uh, Picard season two <laughs> is all about. I mean, there wasn't much of a battle, really. He just kind of like jumps mm -hmm. up on the rope, and then she's like, ah, "I'm hanging on to you," and the Data's like, and "You're not, bitch," and that's it. Yeah, it was really. I mean, it was just. 
eh, it's over. It's like the climax had already hit anyway because uh, Data had already turned, so it's like, oh, whatever. Uh, yeah, it was, was kind of weird. I like how he, like, he kills her because he like breaks her spinal cord wiggly thing. And it's like, he's, she's dead now. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, she was dead, but then he snapped it, and he's like, now she's really dead. Her skull is like a fucking metal skull and shit. Terminator skull. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot of, like, the, the the negative part of this movie is just us nitpicking as Star Trek fans, at least right. for, for me and Andy. Um, But overall, the movie is fine. Like, this, this feels like a top-tier movie made in, in compared to generations generation looks like a straight to dvd kind of shit movie yeah uh zach's not coming back his power is totally out so um the ending when the vulcans finally meet uh one thing i have to nitpick about by the way is we all know, like, the Vulcans are advanced, and then when we finally get it advanced, we know, like, when there's beaming and shit that's happening, or, like, when weapons are armed. Like, did the Vulcans not know that people beamed away from that planet and did, <laughs> and sped away? Their sensors aren't advanced enough. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I guess. I don't know. It's another, like, kind of plot hole. They're like, uh, the Vulcans did not detect us. We were obscured by the moon's magnetic field. And it's like, you were... You were what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and sure. I want to bring this up for Chaz. So, like, a thing with first contact, and this comes from the Vulcans, and this is, like, elaborated more on Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise. But, like, Starfleet was just going to planets and, like, showing people technology, which caused a lot of problems. So they had to make a directive called the Prime Directive. So you could look at a civilization, uh, you have to be out of their view, you can't communicate with them until they develop warp uh, speed, just like how this guy did in this movie. They had to create it so that they could have several of the best episodes of all the shows. Yes. Sure. And, like, the prime directive is to make sure that you don't interfere with evolution, in a sense. Right. Uh, And... You know, that's what was happening here. That's why they were discreet about everything. It's not because, well, it was mainly because of time, but also uh, to show that they didn't interfere. Because <laughs> in, in a sense, they're kind of interfering with the prime directive on their own people, if you think mm-hmm. about it. Well, they got to undo the damage the Borg did. Yeah. Yeah. And, the prime, they were, they were undoing the interruption that already happened, but yeah. Time travel. It's all fucky. Yeah. And I love, when Cochran shows the Vulcans music <laughs> and they're all just like, what the fuck? Oh, what is it? Uh, it's like, no, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Yeah. We're under attack. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, just as an, like there's so much time traveling in, in fucking Star Trek. I talked about this briefly last week, but I was just in the Star Trek mood. So I watched a bunch of deep space nine episodes. And one, one of the best episodes is uh, they time traveled to when the original Star Trek was taking place, and it's the episode Trouble with Tribbles. And the the whole episode is bookmarked, and the commercial bumps are bookmarked, by Cisco is in his office talking to the Federation, has these pencil pushers. Their entire job is to go around where people have accidentally time-traveled and 
and get reports and make sure that like nothing has changed and stuff like that. He's like, well, if anything had changed, we would have been the first ones to know. And they're like, everyone always says that. <laughs> like <laughs> it happens so frequently. The Federation has this, this freaking bureau, this X-Files organization that just goes around and interviews people when they accidentally time travel. <laughs> I mean, that would make a lot of sense, right? Like actually to me that, it makes total sense that if someone reaches a point or society reaches a point that time travel is just commonplace, you do need to have like a thing for checks and balances. So yeah. naturally you develop a bureaucracy, which makes it super boring. It's just those guys job. It's funny. It's a funny, funny way to book that whole episode is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say too, uh, I, I, if I was you, I don't deprive yourself of good star Trek. Like from here on out and you know, I'm going to, reveal my opinion a little bit but fuck it anyone could guess this from here on out it's downhill the other the next two movies we're gonna watch suck so <laughs> okay <laughs> so i i recommend one thousand percent just watching some of the good episodes of next generation just okay. just to see just to get oh this is how good it could be like there's two mm-hmm. ways to go either just start at the beginning of season three or so or you know, look up best episodes or whatever. Because you've seen two mm-hmm. movies now, you know what everyone's role is. You mm-hmm. know, Data's an android and Worf's a Klingon, and Picard's a captain. Riker's number one. You, you already know what everyone does. The only people you haven't seen are um, uh, Wesley, who is just a kid. He just sucks. <laughs> and uh, in season two, the Doctor's replaced briefly. That's it. That's, you know everything else. So I I would stop depriving yourself of good Star Trek. Watch at least a little this month just to just to get all the flavors. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I can do that. Yeah, and because a lot of next generation's good. I if if I was to point anybody into Star Trek itself, it would be the next generation. Well, definitely start with next generation. Yeah, because if you go into the original, obviously the like cheesiness of everything uh might be mm-hmm. a little off-putting but like even the old star trek episodes like there's an there's an episode where like kirk is in fucking nazi germany and he falls in love with like a a, a jewish woman and like the nazis like have to kill her uh because of time because if he if he changes that time there's certain events that don't happen like you get those type of episodes in the original and then, like, Voyager has its own thing, and then Deep Space Nine is like, hey, let's talk about politics, but let's be cool as fuck at the same time. No, no, no. Deep Space Nine is the Wild West, but in space. Yes. That's a, okay. that's, it's, it's a Western, but it's in space. There's, like, there's a, there's a saloon where everyone hangs out at. There's a sheriff. There's, like, people, like, blow into town and cause trouble, man, and yeah. stuff like that. It's just a Western town, but it's in space. And DS9... Like Next Generation is the best series, but DS9 is almost my favorite. It's so fucking cool. But I'd still start with Next Generation yeah. just because that's my personal experience, and it turned me into a fan. So. Oh, and just Fair like enough. just like Red Letter Media will say, the first season is not that great. But like, what... oh, that's another thing. Uh, they do they do those episodes where Mike and Rich discuss their ten favorite episodes of Next Generation. That would be another way to like find some of the good ones to watch. Yeah, okay. Red Letter yeah. Media. Um, but overall, we we did an episode too where we, you know, yeah, maybe some of our favorite maybe episodes. we might have some in the future so that we can introduce uh Chaz and Zach to more next generation, uh, to push them onto that uh, series. But anyway, 
I, we hit all the the points to this movie. My final thoughts is, and I'm gonna be a spoiler. This is my number one. My number two might be a little surprising to you, Andy, um, as far as what's gonna be. Uh, trust me, it's not Nemesis, so I just showed my hand anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's pretty much downhill from here. Uh, in my opinion, Insurrection's a little bit better, but this movie. I was satisfied, and like I said, I'm always a sucker of knowing what's happened before Starfleet, before all this utopianness happens, because I want to know all the post-apocalyptic World War Three. Like, there's a thing where during World War Three they were drugging soldiers to go fight in wars, so like they would yeah. drug themselves and shit, or force hmm. them with drug drugs. But like that lore always like I mean, that's based on that's based on real shit. Like they gave they gave German soldiers chocolate full of amphetamines toward the end of the Second World War. Like that's real mm-hmm. stuff. Fighter pilots take like you know Adderall and stuff all the time. Yeah, but yeah, I I recommend this movie. What about you guys? Yeah, it, this movie is uh like in a bottle. This movie is pretty pretty good. It's pretty pretty good old movie. It's not amazing it's not brilliant but for god's sake if it's on television sit down and watch it it's a good movie mm-hmm. and Chaz, yeah i enjoyed it i'd recommend it i mean i thought it was i thought it was fun to watch i i enjoyed holding through and even with me not understanding fully all the references like again i can still grasp enough while just watching the two movies i have uh of what is going on so yeah i thought it was good yeah so next star trek movie is going to be star trek insurrection uh we get a little more data stuff uh in that uh movie very data heavy yes so be prepared for that um but i don't know if we have any news i think the one person that had news is not here anymore correct he's no longer with us (laughs) Uh, let's see here well you he was just gonna mention um freaking xbox their goddamn online service went down for four days and a bunch of people couldn't play games that they that they had legally purchased that they had acquired legitimately yeah um i I guess i'll quickly touch up on that i didn't experience what a lot of other people experience uh where if you would play a game they would say sorry xbox live is down you can't play your bought game uh your single player bought game and people were mad which you know is is very understandable i would be mad too but i didn't experience that so i don't i didn't feel the full anger but i should be concerned uh because in the future like if internet decides to i don't know get taken over or something like there's a big crash Something's going to happen at some point. There's always just Murphy's Law is going to kick in and there's going to be a power outage, an internet outage. Something's going to happen. Yeah, but like digital games should be able to, if it's on your hard drive and still part of the store in some way, I should be able to play that whether or not internet is on or off. The way the way they used to do it on 360 and PS3 and I think on Xbox One and PS4 is, and Wii U does this too, uh, it only has to update every like 30 days or so. I don't know the exact amount, but it just checks once in a while. It's like, hey, can I still work? Okay, I'll still work. Just like that. But apparently now it has to just always be online, which I thought we all agreed was a bad idea back in like 2005. 
Yeah. So I don't know. It just seems like a really archaic way for them to do these checks. Yeah. So apparently I read up on some things is that they do have a feature on Xbox uh, in the dashboard where you could play offline uh, games and stuff, but the feature never works. So they need to fix that. And yeah, right now. Yeah. And also too, they said that most of the publishers slash developers have a list and if you check that it needs to be drm um or not drm but like you could use offline mode on this game it comes down to the publisher but i'm like that's kind of stupid i think that should fall under the platform you're on if you want that but maybe it is the developer or publisher that's doing that i don't know yeah i the, the one thing i could think of out of this i wasn't affected either uh i i keep i all my stuff's physical except for a few things but I was playing Final Fantasy IX the whole time on my Switch, so I was unaffected anyway. But the only thing I can think of is, do you guys remember when hackers took the PlayStation Network down for like a month mm-hmm. back in the PlayStation Three days, and then they oh, gave yeah. us a bunch of they gave us a bunch of free games. I'm kind of hoping Microsoft's like, here's some free games. <laughs> I I'm ready for that. The one thing I will say about Microsoft lately is that they've been listening to the fans every time they argue um they'll like do something to cater to it they'll not go a hundred percent but at least they'll go like 65 percent with them yeah Uh, they're still a business yeah look at halo like halo they they they, i i guarantee they wanted to uh delay it um but because of like all the shit that went down they had to launch it and into what the state it is right now but i digress on halo because that's 343. That's their problem. Um, but yeah, DRM is, is so archaic, and you need to get rid of it, Xbox. Um, and I've heard other uh, Sony and Nintendo have some similar things like that uh, as well. So it's in the industry, and it needs to stop. But Chaz, did you have anything? Uh, no, uh, I was trying to dig back and see, I feel like there were a few things, but yeah, I couldn't find anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a RoboCop game coming out eventually. I'm waiting for that. I want a RoboCop game so badly. Like the Terminator resistance game is cool. Uh, and that was just made out of nowhere. I just want to add a nowhere RoboCop, but I think we're going to end it here, guys. Uh, unless Andy, you have news you want to bring up. Heck no. Uh, so we're we're gonna end it here. Uh, I'm sure Zach recommends First Contact. Um, we'll get his answer next week. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he'll bring up some of the news that he uh wasn't able to say tonight into the next one. He will probably have a in depth dis- discussion about DRM on his side at least what's going on. But if you want more of Big Trouble Little Podcasts, make sure you go to Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, we are also on YouTube if you look up uh, B- Big Trouble Little Podcasts. Um, also, we have getting some color this Thursday uh, with me, Zach, and Chaz. We're going to be doing Beach B- Beach Beach Blast. What What is it? Mm-hmm. Beach okay. Blast. Beach Blast and then WWF Raw that that same week it's like sunday and then it's monday um so wwf and wcw if you want that we're live on thursday but we're gonna end it here guys remember star trek insurrection next week 
and we will see you later. Peace. Thanks for listening.